Well, it's good to see your faces. It's been a while being up here. And now that I have the mic, you are my mercy. <laughs> you get experience what my sixth graders experienced. The most amazing jokes ever. <laughs> Stacy, don't say anything. <laughs> you know we're in the same boat. So, let's see. What is the joke capital of America? I should, I should just stop right there. <laughs> I don't even know when to finish this right now. Walk and go home. It is. Omaha, ha, Nebraska. <laughs> I knew. That's <laughs> 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 okay. I'll be comforted by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Anyways, that's just one of the many. My sixth graders, man, they were ready to throw books at me at that point. Like, oh, gosh, it was good. Like, you're going to come with a better one? I'm like, not really. All right. So, before I begin with the word the Lord gave me, I, was, I saw somebody standing at the door. Like, just this vision that I had. Just somebody standing at the door. And I heard the Lord say, Behold, I stand at the door knocking. And I feel like for this, some of you where the Lord is knocking at the door of your hearts this morning. Just want to say that. So, so open the door. And let the King of Glory come in. Amen. All right, Father, we just thank you. Here we are. In your presence. In your living room. Not bask in your love, in your grace, in your kindness, in your mercy, in your truth. And we just thank you such a loving Father. That you continuously encourage us. By giving us your spirit that we will never feel abandoned, ever. That we will never feel abandoned. That we can cry, Abba Father. That your spirit in us cries, Abba, Father. And we so thank you for this time this morning. Open our hearts, let us hear. Open our ears, let us, let us just be able to hear your voice deeply. And we all say, it. Amen. Amen. I almost started praying my message. So the title of my message really is, A Voice Behind You. And, uh, you know, and as usual, the Lord kind of waits until kind of the last minute. 
to get, at least with me. I don't know about most of you. But um, so I get this email from, uh, actually get a text, one from Byron and one from Luis. I know Luis is in there. So, oh, Alfredo, man, he's going somewhere where he will not have any internet. So you need to have your messaging at least by 12 noon on Friday. And I kid you not, woke up Friday morning and I said, Jesus, I'm not sure I want to be preaching. And I got to deliver the notes to him. So exactly 11.59, I delivered the notes. Woo, yeah. I'm like, Lord, you like to make me sweat all the way. <laughs> all right, here we go. So you shall hear a voice behind you. This is our 3021. It says, and this is the New Living Translation. It says, your own ears will hear him. Okay? Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go. Whether to the right or to the left. Now, thou, if you actually read the whole entire chapter, Okay, it brings that into context to what was actually happening in Israel. And that right there was the mercy of God saying, even in the midst of your rebellion, you shall still hear my voice, which declares his mercy, his tenderness, his kindness, his investment that is all is unending. Amen? Like an unending investment in us. And the reason I say that, Paul, when you read the whole entire chapter, I feel like some of us disqualify ourselves based on either what we've done that day, or we've done that year, or we've done the last few years. So you shout out his voice. Because they're the full, ashamed, that you're not worth, you know, you're not worth hearing his voice. Or you let the enemy lie and say, he's abandoned you. Because of either your failure or maybe you haven't prayed for a week. Or whatever it is. Maybe you haven't been in the word for the last three weeks. But yet at the same time, you feel like, um. So, I just, I was hearing this piercing thing from the Holy Spirit's heart. Saying, his desire is for us to hear his voice every single day. I don't know whether you know. Oh, you've noticed the season we're living. Jim actually preached about last Sunday. I said, Lord, I don't know I'm going to follow up that one. Great word. Okay? It was a great word. Timely word. If you notice everything that is going around us, right? Council culture. People being muted. You know what I'm saying? All these major media stuff. Giving not even half-truths anymore. Like total lies. Okay, you see those things and it's almost like there's so many voices that are being not only just silence, but there's other voices that are rising out of that. And there's so many people drinking out of that pool. And they're walking around confused, disillusioned and without vision. And one of the things that the Lord is always interested in us is what he wants to give us vision, right? He wants us to see clearly where we're going. I mean, that's what he says in John, right? I'm the light. Right? As long as the light is present, guess what? You're not walking in darkness, right? So we have the light in us. 
So we ought not to walk in the darkness. Okay. So I'm going to, I can't tell all my stories, but I want to tell you a few. Because that's what I felt that, you know, some of the Holy Spirit want me to share. And uh, I'm going to start with, actually I became a teacher. Maybe some of you heard of this one before. Okay, I did put Laura in the spot last time. Because when I moved to the Carolinas, because I'm going to cut out all the other part before that. But when I moved to the Carolinas, I tried my best to find the same job that I had or the same field that I had when I was in Maryland. Looked for weeks and weeks, drove to Matthews, to Charlotte. I mean, you name it. But nothing opened, not one. And I remember sitting at the back. You know, this is when the church was facing down, believe it or not. We used to face this way. And I'm sitting way at the back over there. And I hear the Holy Spirit saying, you know, you should be a teacher. You should be a math teacher. And I actually laughed because I thought it was hilarious. Because you got to understand, he, he strikes that I had extremely shy, don't want any attention. They want to be in front of people. All those things that told his qualifications for being a teacher. Because guess what? You're always in front of people. You're always saying something, right? So, the next thing I know, my wife leans over, Mary, and she says the same thing. She goes, I think you should be a teacher. And I'm going, oh, Lord. Mm. I didn't even say anything. I just looked at her. I was like, oh, gosh, no, Lord, this is not happening. And obviously, that's when Larry, yeah, I think I would have made an announcement about that part when the Lord was speaking to me about that. So, guess what? Good old African who's stubborn. I said, you know what? I don't want to teach Willie. I want to find something else. So, I kept on looking. So, I found myself in this place down in Charlotte. And because it's something that I found in the newspaper, all right? I mean, he's got like 401k retirement. You know what I'm saying? You, you get this kind of money each week. It's commission-based. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to make me some money, Lord. Boom. Get there. And guess who they are? Kobe vacuums. Who's had a Kobe vacuums? <laughs> so I'm sitting there taking apart vacuums, putting them back together, taking them apart, putting them back together. And, and I'm supposed to go from door to door and sell a $1,500 vacuum to somebody. Just imagine. <laughs> I show up at your door, Karen. What's up, Karen? Ah, uh, I got a mighty good thing here that, yeah, I can look at your cap and I can see your cap and need some help. I can demonstrate to you and uh, I can show you how marvelous this machine works. No skill whatsoever. And I realized at that point, you know, well, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm done. There's no way I, can, I cannot do this, man. I had a suit on, on the, by the way, sweating. I was like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And as a matter of fact, I left. I didn't even say that I was leaving. I just left. <laughs> Never came back. 
So I don't even know what they think about that. Like, what happened to that? Black cat that was here. So, say it again. No, I didn't even want to look at it. I was done. I was like, I'm out of here, man. Forget it. So, so obviously came an interview with Larry. The longest interview ever, three, three hours. Okay, at least I thought that was long, right? So three-hour interview. Started working for MCA. And while at MCA, I mean, we talk about, I mean, when the Holy Spirit will show up in the slightest way, you know, because Larry will start crying. In his office. <laughs> We're not talking about like, <laughs> like in his office. He's coming up, Marlon, did you feel that? Isn't he amazing? <laughs> I love you, Larry. But there was so much that happened in MCA that was just amazing. Like the spirit of the Lord was moving, touched a lot of young lives, and some of those lives were still in relationship up to date. And I've had an opportunity to actually officiate at least three of those weddings, you know, out of that. So I'm getting somewhere with this. And then sadly, it came to a moment that MCA was going to close. Okay. But three years prior to that, I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and said, you know, you, you might need to get your stuff in order. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what I had to do with MCA. Like, I'd, I didn't make that connection. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, how do you get in order? What am I supposed to get in order? You know? And my, fl- my friend, Luis... Comes to me, goes, Molly, I felt like, he, you know, it, it might be time for you to make a change. I'm like, what do you mean make a change? So, you know, you might be done with MC at this point. It might be time for you to move on. And I'm going, you know, and usually from year to year, I'll always ask the Lord, do you want me here or you don't want me to move on to something else? Do you want me here? You, you know what I mean? Every year. And that was the first day when I actually asked that part. Those are the things that I started getting in the process. Okay? I still didn't make the connection. Because at that point, I loved MCA. It was my first teaching place. The connections were great. I loved the people. And it was just an amazing place to be. You know? So, fast forward. Luis and Nova just come back from Argentina. Okay? And they were actually teaching at a different place. Right? And they go, maybe this might be a place for you, okay? So I can head on over there, fill out the application, all that stuff. And, uh, and I remember saying, Lord, if this is you, I will need them to double my salary so that I can actually have enough to um, divide my money up all throughout the 12 months. Because before that, all I was doing was dividing either between nine months or 10 months to make it work, right? So that means I had to walk over the summer. And that's really hard as a teacher because you get really exhausted. So, um, so the lady goes, I'll pray about it. Me and my husband will pray about it and we'll get back to you. The next day she got back to me and said, we'll give you that salary. Come. Just like that. And I said, okay, Lord, this is you. I walked there for seven years. Okay? MCA, I was there for eight years. This other place, seven years, right? So I'm sitting there, 
And this one night, just one woolly, nothing spectacular. Went back, went to sleep. The next thing I know, I get this dream, okay? And the dream was very vivid. And, uh, and I'm just going to, because it's kind of long, so I'm going to kind of cut it short a little bit. I'll just summarize it. The biggest part of it was the lady had sent an email out, okay? The same lady that I was working for at this school for seven years. I sent an email out to all the teachers saying that, unfortunately, I felt like it's my time to move on. Whether this school be open or not, that part I'm not sure. But I do feel that it's time for me to move on because I've, you know, the, whatever I can do for this school, I've maximized that. Okay, I've reached the plateau. Like I cannot do anymore because I don't have any more creative ideas, right? So she knew her time was that. And she's the one that actually founded the school, by the way. Okay? So I get this dream. And I'm going, what in the world? The next day, okay, she comes to me. She goes, Marlon, I didn't want you to hear this from somebody else. But I felt like it's my time to move on. So I get the dream that night. The next day, boom, she says that part. And she sends an email out, just like the same email. Okay? Just track with me on this one. Just follow me through with this one. Going to the new place that I'm walking right now. Okay? Canon School. So here we go. Okay? That school actually ended up shutting down. Okay? Because she couldn't find anybody to replace her. So... I'm asking the Lord, then what is the next move? Obviously, this, is, this chapter is done right now. What is the next chapter that you got for me? Okay. So I get this dream. I'm like, he's a part of that process. So I get this dream. And in the dream, I'm with my family. We're in this one room. And, and a, at the time, I did not know. It was like a wild cat okay, in the dream. But he was big. At the time, I didn't know what kind of cat he was, right? So I knew that I needed to get my family into a different room, and I needed to wrestle that cat to submission, okay? So I told him, I said, listen, I can't do this with you guys. Yeah, you need guys need to go to a different room so I can actually deal with this cat, which I did. And then as soon as I finished dealing with the cat, I heard the Holy Spirit say, Canon School is the next place you're going to be working. So I'm making no connection, right? So I applied to the place, all this stuff. I applied to the place at least eight times. Get through the summer, eight. And out of the eight, guess what? Zero responses. And I'm going, well, you gave me this dream about this school. Maybe it's just not the right timing. You know, maybe it's supposed to be next year. So I'm starting to make excuses because nothing is really happening, right? So, I'm sitting there, and maybe there's maybe three weeks left over the summer, and I'm going, I really don't have a job, Lord. Get that other place is short. I mean, we do have a little bit of the savings, but that might be maybe a couple months, and it's gone, right? I get this phone call. Okay, I'm like sweating. Like, I'm going, man, this is just going to be crazy. I don't know what I'm going to do. I get this phone call, and it's the head of the middle school at Canon, and she goes, you know, my email has been kind of weird. You know, I sent you an email a month and a half ago. And you never responded. So I wasn't sure whether you were still interested in the job. <laughs> and 
And I'm going, I don't remember seeing any email. She goes, maybe went to a junk who's just kind of acting a little weird, so I don't know. So I'll go, I'll go check the junk mail. Guess what? That email is there from a month and a half ago where she said, we're interested, we'd like to interview you. So, so fast forward, boom, that's what I'm working right now. So in each one of those things that I just talked about, right, you can see how the father is so invested in my life and taking me from step to step from one place to the next, saying this door shut, here's the next door for you. Here's this door shut, here's the next door for you. Absolutely. And I was amazed. I don't know what you think about it. Like, who in the world will call you a month and a half later? Ask you whether you're still interested in the job. And as a matter of fact, they had a candidate that they were very interested in, that they already interviewed. And they were about to offer that candidate the job. But she just felt like, I just need to try this guy one more time. And I don't even know how many times she tried. And then boom, here I am. Absolutely. I mean, it's been a great place to work, a great provision for my family. But that's the father's doing. The father's doing. Giving you dreams. And then here's, here's the part that I wanted to connect while I was talking about the cat. So I get there, right? I mean, I was describing the cat to Mary. She's like, I don't know. Is there a lioness? I said, he could be a lioness. But what in the world? What am I? You know? I said, I don't know what kind of cat it is. I get there. I'll look at the mascot. And the mascot is the cougar. And I was like, oh, that was a cougar that was in the dream. <laughs> so it's almost like the enemy was trying really hard for me to get, not to get into the place that the Lord really had for me. He was fighting really hard. But the Lord already made that provision. And the Lord already said, this is for you. Remember what it says in Revelation, right? Whatever door he opens, guess what? No man can shut it. Okay? No man can shut it. You know? So, it was a cougar. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And it gets even better. Okay? I thought the three-hour interview was long. There they do a whole-day interview. Like, literally, you get, you get there. You fill out some questionnaires. Uh, and then after you fill your questionnaires, you have to teach a class where the middle school head, the department math person is there, and another teacher there. So there's three people observing you at the same time. So you're teaching these kids, and they're writing notes, and you're like, no pressure, right? <laughs> yeah. And you have to make sure that you came prepared with a lesson to teach, right? So of all the, I said, Holy Spirit, what, what, what shall I teach? The, the Holy Spirit said, you know what? All I'd like for you to teach is fractions. I said, to sixth graders, I mean, that's like, fractions, man, they're difficult. Because sometimes, because they're, they're, you know, they're linear thinkers, not abstract. So fractions are like, what? What is one over two? So that's what Holy Spirit asked me to teach. So I'm teaching this thing to these sixth graders, right? And they actually, like, they get it right away, immediately. And they're able to actually apply it right away. And she goes, you picked one of the hardest topics. I thought you picked something easier like integers. 
You know what I mean? Like two times negative five and teach that. But you picked something else that was actually a lot difficult to teach. But that's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do is do that part. And that just settled it for them. You know? Um, after that, you get to a place where they, you know, they show you an email and they want you to see how can you respond to that parent. It's an email from a parent. Obviously, it's generic. And say, hey, how do you respond to this particular part? And when you read the email, you go, man, that parents, man, they're angry, man. <laughs> they're bad. You know, I mean, in your heart, you're like, gosh, you know, you might need to tone your attitude down first. You might need some anger management classes and, you know, something. I need to pray for you. Sozo. <laughs> Throw the Bible at you. I don't know. But, but I was like, okay. So I responded, you know, that, that took about maybe 20, 25 minutes. And I thought I was done, right? I'm like, I get to go home. That's all. No, now you get to tour the school. So they take me everywhere, like just this, you know, the stadium, the high school, everything, lower school. And I'm going, okay, maybe after this I'm done. No, after that you actually get to meet the head of the school. He's your exit ticket. So I go sit in his office and I'm talking to this guy, you know, and he goes, I'm going to ask you three. To tell me about your life in three stages. Okay. Three stages. And he tells you exactly what stage one. You know. Where were you born? What your life was like? Where did you go to school? Stage two. You know. Where did you go to college? Da 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 da. Step three. Where you at in your life right now? Okay. So we go through all that. In the midst of it. Okay. He finds out. I know the Lord. And we start talking about the Lord. For the next 45 minutes. Okay. I'm still telling my story. But it's you know in the midst of that. And then he started telling me about his story. About him hearing the voice of the Lord. How he met his wife. Where he went to college. And we're having this interaction in this office. And the Holy Spirit just showed up in this place. Which I did not expect. Okay. Really. Not like that. And I'm going. Okay. So after that interview. I woke up. And, uh, and I was about to walk out the door, and he started raining buckets. Like just, like crazy rain. And it rained for about maybe 25 minutes. He goes, it looks at me, he goes, it looks like you're not going anywhere, so you can just have a seat here until it's done. But I knew that was a sign from the Lord too. That part. That he's going to make whatever I have is going to be fruitful. You know what I'm saying? Because they're I mean, he goes, I've never seen it rain this hard. This is crazy. You know what I mean? And he wasn't showing that before then. Boom, now it shows rain. Just like that. But anyways, so he goes, have you had any party from the middle school talk to you? This is the same day. Like, talk to you about what is the next process. I said, no, nah, this is it. I said, no, nah, I haven't had anything. And he goes, I'll make a phone call. What he did, he's never, excuse me, he's never done before. He normally would just let the people make that decision. But he called. Okay. I get the phone. I mean, later when I get home that evening, she remembers, I get that phone call that same evening. As soon as I get there. You know what I mean? Say, listen, welcome to Gannon School. We want you here. You know? And there's more to it. So I'm just cutting it short. There's like a whole lot more to it. It's, it's pretty amazing. 
So, one of the last things I want to share, before I share a bunch of scriptures so you don't think the African just making this stuff up. Because <laughs> I like scripture, so I like reading a lot of them. You know, when we, when MCA, I think I got into maybe, was it the third year, Larry? Maybe I've been 33 years, maybe four years. So, me and Matthew Bollinger, because Matthew Bollinger was teaching there too. He was teaching history. He came up with this great idea about having a soccer team. Okay? So we, you know, we had some students there, and then we get some from homeschool. And uh, we had two girls on the team, so it was more like a court. Man, man, those two girls, man, they could hold their own. Every other team that we played, they were like, I don't know, we've never seen that before. They were just aggressive, right? And I play soccer a lot in Kenya. I play soccer in college because actually that's what paid for my college, which was actually pure amazing. And so I'm not thinking anything about that part, right? Somebody else has this vision. I said, sure, I'll join it. So fast forward, right? I get this dream. And in the dream, I don't know, maybe some of you remember Barry Morley, right? So Barry Morley shows up in my dream. Okay, this is after he passed away. And he looks absolutely amazing. Just youthful, but yet, like in his 30s. And I'm going, man, Barry, you look amazing. He goes, yeah, being in the Father's presence is amazing. Okay? Like, we're having this conversation in this dream. So we go in this field. I mean, we go to this bench. And he said, have a seat. There's something I want to talk to you about from the Father. And I'm like, okay. So we have this conversation. I'm fast-forwarding a lot. And he says, let's walk through these paths. So I follow him through this one little path. And when I get out there, there is like a ton of soccer fields. And he looks around. He goes, you know, the harvest is ready. Just like that, the harvest is ready. And I'm like, okay. Boom. Walk out from the dream. So I'm thinking soccer fields, Barry motor from heaven. What in the world is going on here, Lord? One of the things, one of the jobs that I applied for when I went to Canon, okay, before they offered me the job, one of them was become a head soccer coach for the JV team. Okay, because I looked at it, it's like, I just felt like I need to do that. Okay. But when I looked at the salary, I remember going, That is not gonna that is not gonna feed my family, Lord. I need more than that. You know what I mean? But that was just like a faith thing that I did. I was like, you know what? I love soccer. I have a pool on it. Let's do it. And right now, I'm coaching soccer over there. Okay, the JV boys, and I'm also coaching the middle school girls. Okay, two things that were not in my head. But that's something that was in the Father, and he spoke to me in a dream through somebody that was here that I passed away to say, this is what I have for you. Okay. So, let's go back. You should hear a voice behind you say, walk this way, right? You should hear a voice behind you say, walk this way. It doesn't make me special, okay? It just makes me a son. And we're all sons and daughters. And this is an investment that he really has for us. You know? When he hears, says, when he hears voice, do not harden your heart, right? 
when you hear his voice, do not hide in your heart. And that's what I felt like with that vision when he said, I'm knocking on people's door. I felt like he's really invested in us to hear his voice with such clarity that we'll know, walk this way, walk that way, do not do that, don't walk that way, don't walk through that door. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that has that kind of story or those kind of stories in this place. I feel like there's other fathers, mothers that have, you know, Jerry and Judy Ball. I remember when Judy, you know, this is when the church was facing that way. Okay. And uh, she comes to me, she goes, Marlon, I feel like you're supposed to come with us to Israel. And that thought had not entered my mind. I said, man. So I look at my wife. I mean, at that, that time, Enoch was really young, you know, and I think she was pregnant with Grace. And I was like, how am I going to leave her for 10 days? You know what I'm saying? Look, be with a little toddler and pregnant. You know, that, that's just a lot. I said, Lord, only you can walk this out. So, you know, Samaria's like, if it's the Lord, right? And actually, when she told me that, I only had a couple weeks to raise, how much was it, $4,000? $4,600 or something like that. Like a lot of money. And guess what the Lord did? That money came in in a week. Like in a week. And Mary goes, yep, you're supposed to go. <laughs> and I was like, yep, I'm supposed to go. Right. Thank you very much, Judy. Appreciate that. Actually, I, I really, she, she would tell the story better. So I'm just going to walk back. Hey, you know. Okay. I was just saying that, yeah, we hear the Lord say, you know, he was supposed to go. We didn't know why. I mean, with lots of reasons that we don't know, but one day we were up on the goal line and we'd been praying for this young man that was a captive, where were Iran? And they had sent some of them back, there were three of them, they sent two back in caskets. The parents were so excited. They, they were coming home, but they were dead. This one was alive and we'd all been praying and praying. And that day, our God, she was a really great God. I can't remember her name, but she was a good God. And she was telling us up on the goal line, we were all in the spirit and we want, that's what we were praying for. And we prayed and it hit your, I mean, I don't know. You just got down on the ground and roared and we all roared with you. And Amaya was there and I, I don't know who else I've heard say that they knew that roar set that guy free. He came home free and not in a casket. And by the time we got home and we're in our room, we heard it on the news. I mean, it's a little ways down, you know, to Jerusalem from the Golan. But I'm thankful that it is very important that we hear and the people we see. And God knows things that we have no idea. Thank you. She could move there.
So, so you never know, right? So I've given you different examples. We get to hear his voice personally, right? Sometimes we'll speak through visions and dreams. Sometimes we'll speak through other people. Even with you, without your knowledge, will you fully understanding it? But yet he will still confirm it in your heart. If that is true, because you have a witness in you. And I feel like where we're living right now, in this season, there is that beckoning from the Holy Spirit. Come see with me and hear what I have for you. So that you can see in the light clearly. You know? Like one of the things, like, you know, I, I'm not, you know, I, I can get into politics. I'm pretty passionate about it. But here's something that I saw a while back. Okay, and I remember some of my friends were really upset about it. They were upset with me about it. Okay. And when I say you can actually understand why. So before President Obama became president, right? I remember asking the Holy Spirit, I said, he's William familiar, you know, but can you speak to me about him? Okay, because you got to know who you need to vote for, right? So I said, please speak to me about him. A week later, I had him speak, right? I'm watching these, I don't know if it was the news or whatever it was, and I had him speak. And immediately had this vision, and out of his mouth, I saw a river, okay, spewing out. It smelled so foul. It had so many things laced in it that, but yet at the same time, it was like so smooth, like what he was saying. But the but the river was filthy, like filthy. I remember crying out saying, oh, Lord, have mercy, Lord. And the next thing you know, when he came in, the things that have opened up, okay, the agendas that he's had, the policies that he's instituted, you can see where we are now. If you look at that timeline. So I didn't fall for him. And most people were really upset with me. Because he said, man, you're a black dude. First black president. I said, mm, yeah, but. <laughs> but the Lord said, no. <laughs> that's, that's enough for me. You know? He said, but, but he was born in Kenya. I mean, he, his dad was Kenyan and stuff like that. I was like, mm, yeah. I said, it was Dr. Ben Carson, you know, yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? Two different rivers. Okay, just want to say that. Let me not say too much, you know. Cause I, mm, mm. All right. So I'm almost done. So I just want to read maybe a few scriptures here. So that, you know, it can be kind of official. And not seem like, you know, these Africans said a whole bunch of stuff. Where is it in the Bible? <laughs> here we go. All right, this is from First Kings 17, 2 through 9. Says and the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by the Kirith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring. I don't know what you think about. It. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> and eat what the ravens bring you. For I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside the Kirith Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat. Each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. And I think you know why there was no rainfall, right? 
because he had spoken before and said, what? It ain't going to rain. You know, because he had the Lord, and he said, it ain't raining. All right. And then the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath. I feel like I'm speaking tongues there. Zarephath. Thank you, Dan. Near the city of Sidon. I've, inter- I've instructed a widow there to feed you. I just want you to see that path. Okay, I'm not going to go any further on that, but just think about it. From the brook, right? That brook dries up. And then the Lord speaks to me and says, there's somebody else I've been speaking to. If you go over there, I've instructed her to feed you. But even when you think about that story, when he got there, the lady was not really willing to feed him right away, right? Because she had to obey the order of the Lord herself. Okay. We'll just leave it there. All right. We're going to go to. Yeah, let's look at Acts. Okay. The life of Paul. This is Acts 9, 10 through 12. It says, now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. The Lord said, go over to straight street. That's interesting. To the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. I mean, that's, that's, that's as live as it gets. <laughs> like the Lord is speaking to you. So yeah, that man is praying to me right now. So here's what you need to do. Okay. And he goes and says... Um, I've shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he can see. I just want you to see that interaction that is happening there. Somebody's praying. The Lord is speaking to somebody else. The answer to that prayer is coming. You know what I mean? This man has had a vision and he's being struck by blindness by the Lord. Has a vision of Ananias coming. And then he, Ananias shows up and lays hands on him. Boom, he sees Okay. And part of that is for us to see how the Lord really interacts with us. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we feel like, you know, we might need to have that experience like Elijah did in front of the cave, right? But sometimes it's not always that way. You know, it could be Stacy saying, that was a really bad joke. And saving the sixth graders from more bad jokes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Because those jokes are for life. My sixth graders know that. If I skip a day, do you know what they say to me? You cannot break that tradition. Give us one of your miserable jokes. It's the best. All right. I'm going to just fast forward here. I'm going to skip to John 14, 23 to 26. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. My father will love them and will come and make a home. I will make a home with each of them. I want you to think about that. How close is the Lord? Okay. Anyone who doesn't 
Love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I've told you. It's almost like having a cheat sheet constantly in you. Like you always have the answer key. No matter what kind of test it is, there's an answer key that is always available. And our daddy good. I'm serious, man. I don't know where else you're going to find that in the world. Like, really? Last one. Says this. This is John, 1 John, chapter 2, 26 through 27. It says, I'm writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need... You don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true. It's not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. I mean, that, that thing is loaded. Like, there's a lot in there. I don't feel like I need to expound on it. But there's a lot in there. We have Holy Spirit in us. So if this message is tagging on you and you hear knock on the door, open that door. And allow yourself to be fully directed by his voice. It's the best place to be. And I want you to think about it this way. Even if you're in a mess, it could be a mess that somebody else created or it could be a mess that you created. Okay. Either way, the Lord is still invested to speaking to you in the midst of that. Even if you've fallen in sin, the Lord is still interested in speaking to you in the midst of that. Because he's the one that can actually deliver you out of it anyways. He's the one that can give you the truth to actually set you free and bring you to a whole different place. And if you feel like that is not true, I want you to look at the children of Israel. They were a reflection the true reflection of our Christian life. In every sense of it. Okay. When you look at how many times they actually messed up. And there was all as Moses. Interceding for them. Right. Standing in a gap. But when did the Lord abandon them? Never. You get cloud by day. Right. Fire by night. I mean can you think about the comfort of that? Cloud by day, fire by night. That cloud day and that fire by night now lives in us. And no matter where we're in life, okay, his voice should be the constant through all that. No matter how far or how spiritual you are. Just want to say, his voice is absolutely necessary in this time. And that's the word that Father Lord gave me, you know. That you should hear a voice behind you say, walk this way. So, that's it. Dino. That was awesome. Cloud by day, fire by night, now lives in us. 
That, that, that is amazing. Um, so I, I'm going to dismiss everybody, but Marlon started with a joke. I thought I'd end with one. Don't mean to do that, though. Don't get mad at me. I want to say this, Martin, because last week I was preparing to preach in Spanish in the back building, and I was struggling with a word. And out of the oddest places, I'm in the bathroom. The Lord said, "I want you to teach them about hearing the voice of God." In almost exactly in the same fashion that you preached today is what I preached last week. I have a whole message on that and how we need to be healed first to be able to, how the Holy Spirit works to heal us so that we can understand when he speaks to us. And then I went through a whole teaching, how the Lord saved my son from dying because he spoke to me and told me, you need, you need to do something now and an actor. And I don't want to go on another preaching, but I just want to say, I really, and I told, I told our Hispanic brothers and sisters, this is, how can I say this? It is so key. Yeah. It, is, it is, the Lord is saying, you got to hear my voice. And if he, that means he's speaking. That means he's speaking. So uh, that's all I wanted to say, Marlon. And and I want to do this. Go ahead and tell your joke. Well, well let, let me just say this real quick. I, I have a good, good friend in Israel. And during the last war in Gaza, he had a son in the IDF. And he had taught his son all his life to hear the word of God. But it's not enough to just hear it. You have yeah. to obey it. Yeah. So his son was trained how to hear the word of God and obey. And he was in a building in an alleyway. And he was just about ready to dart across to the other side. And he immediately heard the word of God say, stop. And in mid-step, he stopped and a barrage of bullets went by him. He would have stepped right into it if he even hesitated for a split second. Mm. So hearing the word of God and obeying, yeah. this is the times we're moving yeah, into. Yeah, that's good, dude. So why don't we stand up? Oh, you, uh, you want hey, to tell Say the your joke, joke while okay, they're standing okay. up. So here's the joke. <laughs> Thought of it this morning. The Greensboro Worship Sunday. Why is it a vegetarian worship? <laughs> it's called Let Us Praise Him. <laughs> okay, whatever. That, no, no, come on. That was good. Let us. Oh, man, you guys I are won't hard, translate that. Hard. <laughs> you laughed at Omaha? <laughs> All right, well, let's pray. That the Lord will anoint our ears to be able to hear him speak. I, I watched this video of this um, man that had an, an encounter with the Father in heaven. And he said that as he was with the Father, the engine of days, he was speaking. And he was creating and saying things, constantly speaking. I love what Christina said when she was also sharing a couple of Sundays ago, she said that, that there is a scriptures in the psalm that speaks of the sin, that the thoughts of the fathers are like the sin of the seashore. That many. And they're good thoughts for you. So no matter where you are, if you need to confess your sin, deal with that. Take care of it. 
do some whatever you need to do, repent. We could do it today. You can ask the Lord to forgive you. If you need to go to somebody, go to somebody and talk to that person, a pastor, a deacon in the church, an elder. But we need to hear the voice of God. So, Lord, put your hand in your ear if you don't mind. Do you feel the anointing? You don't have to have a prophetic gift to hear him. There is people here that I feel like. Uh, mm, mm. Lord, just open the ears. Open that ears, Lord. Forgive us for not hearing. Forgive us for not obeying. Forgive us, Lord, for putting your thoughts to the side, for not believing it is you speaking good things to us, for second guessing you. Lord, we want to hear your voice and obey it. We want to hear that voice behind us. Say, this is the way. Go in this way. Because as Marlon shared, there is blessings and there are things that get unlocked in the spirit realm and in the natural realm. There is a harvest waiting, Lord, and that you want us to participate with you. There are people that will be healed because we hear the voice of God. And it doesn't have to be this loud voice of operate. You touch every ear, every mind. Lord, help us hear your voice. Help me, Lord, hear your voice. Mm. Amy, I'm getting something for you. Lord, I just pray that you would just begin to shift things in place for Amy, Lord. That you would just begin to open doors that no man can shut. Doors of provision. Yeah, Pablo, put your hand on her. Lord, I just pray that you begin to open those doors for Amy. Lord, I, I hear you say that I've heard the cry of your heart. I know your needs. Ooh, thank you, Lord. Yeah, go. I am getting the word provision yeah. and purpose. Yeah, go ahead. Well, just, just yeah. that for Amy, that the Lord wants to give you the provision and the purpose. When Maya was talking, Larry heard, I'm going to open ears. Ears are stopped up. The Lord wants to open ears. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, open our ears. We want to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice in dreams and in visions. Because that's the prophet. The prophecy from Joel was that we will dream dreams and have visions, Lord. Yes, Lord, we need to hear your voice. We need to hear we're forgiven and that we're loved and that we are yours. We need to know these things, Lord, in our hearts. Because we struggle with it, Lord. The world tells us so many lies. But, Lord, we want to choose to listen to you. 
Thank you for Marlon, Lord, for that word. Thank you, Lord. Bless him. Keep him safe. Lord, bless his family. Holy Spirit, I pray for an anointing to hear your voice today upon everyone. For the children, Lord, for the, for the youth. Lord, they need to hear your voice. Lord, I was doing mission when I was a young boy. You told me, get on the bus and go. Lord, I didn't know a thing about your voice. All I heard was that voice. That's what we need, Lord. Whew. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for your voice. Wow. And if you have a word for somebody, give it to that person. No matter how ridiculous you might think you look, you don't know how much that person has been crying out to the Lord. Do it. If you do it with kindness and mercy and grace, I promise you, God will take whatever is not need, don't need to be there and he'll still use it all for his glory amen well have a blessed week yeah amen. thank you lord amen uh, for those that need prayer yeah if you want to come up here dean will pray for all of you <laughs> the ministry team please come yeah <laughs>